completed for our Bible readings. ...is from the letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. And the second reading is from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 25. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the advocates, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. And remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away. And I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray together? O Lord our God, grant us grace to desire you with our whole heart, that so desiring we may seek and find you, and so finding may love you, and so loving may hate those sins from which you have delivered us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, we started this month as a church looking at a series that we've called Peeled, in terms of what's under our skin. It's all focused upon how we cultivate what is known as the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so let's just give a quick recap because we're now into to, to week four. And we've said the best way to think of this fruit is to think of it as if you like nine segments 
of an, of an orange. Think of it as, as, as one fruit. It's not like a bunch of grapes. It's not a pick and mix type thing. It's nine segments of the same fruit. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not the fruits of the, of the Holy Spirit. And remember, we've, we read about them or we read one list of them in Galatians 5, verses 22 to, to 23. I now worked out which is the best congregation at knowing them. And so next week, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, see how well you can remember the nine fruits. But we, we touched on a question last week which said, is it important that we can know them? Is it important that we can just reel them off like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Is that important? You see, I think it is. Here's why. I'll just throw it out there. You can agree with it or, or disagree with you, as you wish. You see, if we don't know what they are and if we don't know what they mean and what therefore we're supposed to be living by, then we might fall for anything. That's why I think we, we just need to know each one of them. And this morning we move on to this next segment of the fruit. Peace. And peace is precious, isn't it? Let me begin by, by asking, a, a, if you like, a, a question to each one of us this morning. You know, if I was to give you one word, one word to describe the world at the moment, would you use peaceful to describe it? Well, well Wendy said no, so we, we better all agree, better we? <laughs> or if I was to ask you a, a related question, thank you, Wendy, if I was to ask you a related question, what about the world in which you live? And if you had one word to describe it, would peaceful be at the top of the list? I was reading the other day how it's calculated, someone has calculated that in the past three and a half thousand years, the world has had 286 years of peace. Peace is precious. And while there may be fewer conflicts in 2019, it seems that the world we live in today is more divided than ever, isn't it? Whether politically, racially, sexually, whether on the grounds of gender or religion, it can be a fearful world that many walk in. We don't need the, the media to tell us that. We can see it with our, our own eyes. And many are, are crying out for peace amidst the division. Peace is precious. If we move closer to home, we live in this beautiful island that many, many of us know masks a more sinister side. More likely to die young, commit suicide, have an alcohol addiction or some mental health issue. And many in their homes are crying out for peace amidst their strife. Peace is precious. Then if we move to our workplaces, some of us, week after week, just start on a Monday morning and we finish sometime whenever, spinning the plates, living with unhealthy levels of stress. We work longer hours, chase faster deadlines, do twice the amount of work that we were doing 10 years ago, maybe, all in the name of efficiency savings. And I don't need to remind you of that. And we're wondering, kind of, when's the elastic band going to warp or even snap? Peace is precious. And then we walk into the front door of our homes 
looking for some calm amidst it all. As I found out this week by walking into a few homes, I find this tyranny is no respect of class or tradition or name. You know, trying to parent in a social media generation, issues of cyberbullying, teenage addictions with alcohol, unhealthy obsessions with appearance and, and self-harm, and the list could, could go on. As someone once said to me, if you're a parent, I've never forgotten that. I don't know if you think it's true. I think it is. You're only as happy as your least happy child. Peace is precious. And many of us, don't we? We get tossed back and forth, searching for solutions. We become therapy junkies, self-help readers, soundbite hearers. We go searching on a screen, trying to find some semblance of peace or solution to it all that often just exacerbates the problem. And peace is precious. And we are the church. And we are called to be bringers of peace into this world in which we live. You know, I don't know about you, but if a, if a church can do that, don't you think that's just as infectious to a worried and stressed out world as Helen was saying, a joyful church is to a grumpy and moody world? I do. You know, let me, let me give you an example of this. It happened a, a few months ago. I was, in, I was in the church car park. Some of you might know this woman, so I'm going to generalize it a bit, but they don't come to this church now. And I saw this woman, and she was talking with her friend, who I also know. And we've been praying as a church about those names on the star at the high communion table there. And I know she's on that list, basically. She used to come to this church many years ago, but now doesn't. And, and I approached this woman, and I, I could see that she was clearly anxious. And through chatting to her, I found out the reason why, and so... I asked if I could pray for her. And as I prayed for her, as I put my hand on her shoulder, I felt the, this incredible sense of the Holy Spirit come upon her with just this tangible sense of peace that I saw her whole body movement and language change despite her circumstances. You know, it was nothing that I was doing. There's nothing special about my prayer. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And you know, someone in this church also knows this woman, and this woman concerned, she told her the very next day what had happened and what an amazing experience it had been for her when the Holy Spirit came upon her. Peace is precious. It's infectious to a worried world out there. And we're called to paint, if you like, a different picture, a better picture from what we see often surrounding us. But what does this picture look like? You know, if we could start, if you like, from a, from a blank canvas, what might we paint? If we were to, to take this book of ancient wisdom, how could we apply it into today's worried and uptight world? Well, if, if we got our easel out, and if we had our canvas before us, and if we got our paintbrush before us, you know, listen, I want to tell you, I'm, I'm no painter. I'm really not, basically. So kind of like what my picture might be would be, would be different. But if it, was, if it was me, this is what I'd do. I'd get out my paintbrush and I'd want to make a couple of big, bold strokes on this blank canvas. And the first bold stroke that I'd want to talk about is the peace of God. 
or Jesus' peace and what that looks like. And then the second brushstroke that I'd want to kind of make as well would be the importance of peace with God. So I'd want to talk about the peace of God and peace with God. And the peace of God, if you like, kind of we see it and we heard it this morning in our two Bible readings, both of which were written into contexts of where it was no utopia. You know, those same problems of worry and stress and anxiety were very nearby. Other difficulties, far more dangerous difficulties, were lurking very menacingly that Monday, Thursday evening as Jesus spoke to the disciples and said, Peace, I leave with you. Peace, I give you. I wonder if us, who of us here this morning needs to hear those words of Jesus. And who do we know outside of here that needs to hear those words? Because peace is precious. And then similar difficulties were lurking menacingly to a very small group of Christ followers. They'd maybe been a church for 18 months in Macedonia that was then the church of Philippi. And Paul wrote these words, do not worry about anything. And then he would say, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is precious. So if I was taking this, my paintbrush out on this blank canvas, I'd just be making some big, bold statement about this peace. Is Jesus' peace. You know, every Bible reference that you'll hear this morning, everyone that's written on the handout, they're all from the same Greek word. It's the word arene. You probably maybe never heard that before, but you will have all heard the Hebrew word from which arene is derived. It's the word shalom. This idea of wholeness, completeness, of tranquility that kind of like is unaffected by the circumstances that we face. It means that we can be going through the worst time in our lives, whether something that's nerve-wracking, whether something that's traumatic, whether something that's upsetting, and we can know this calmness of spirit from the very center of our being. And if you've ever experienced that, you know what that's like and how precious that is. And Jesus would say to his disciples that this peace that I'm promising you, you know, you can't get this from the world It's completely different because it goes beyond human comprehension. And you know, as we paint this picture of peace, just contrast that word arene, or if you like, shalom, with the word that is the opposite of peace in English, the word worry, which actually comes from an old German word, vergen, which basically means to choke. It's kind of what worry does, doesn't it? It strangles the life out of you. You know, ever woken up at three o'clock in the morning worrying about something? Almost like gasping for breath, almost having sometimes a, a panic attack as if you feel like you're choking away. That's where it comes from. Peace is precious. It's the same peace that we read in Philippines 4 that's the peace of God. You see, we're never promised 
Whoever we are as Christ followers in the Bible, read the pages over and over again. We're never promised that we're going to have a life free from worry or stress or difficulty. But what we are promised is this, that the God of peace will bring his peace into our situations and be with us. A bit later, we're going to give out. So, I, so I've seen we're going to give a bit of an opening to the, to the organ this morning. We're going to hear what it sounds like in a, in a hymn. And the hymn that was, that was chosen that wasn't, wasn't chosen by me is a, is a very old hymn that was written by a man called Horatio Spafford. If you know anything about the, the story and the origins of this hymn, you'll know that it was written in the context of a terrible tragedy that happened in this man's life. That he lived in the mid to late 19th century. And he lived in America, in, in Chicago, and because of various circumstances, he decided to move to England. And he sent his wife and his four daughters ahead of him on a ship that collided with another ship in the middle of the Atlantic. And all four of his daughters died. Just imagine what that was like. Just imagine what that looked like in terms of peace. And shortly afterwards, he took the same trip. And while crossing the Atlantic, it's said that at the very point where that previous ship had sunk, he recorded the words and wrote the words of this first verse that we'll sing shortly. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Peace is precious. Well, if we were to pick up our paintbrushes again and carry on painting this blank canvas. Well, the second brush stroke, as I said, that I'd want to kind of paint this morning is make this big, bold brush stroke again to talk about how this life of the fruit of Jesus' peace is created in our life through peace with God. Paul would write to the church at Rome, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What that verse, what he's saying in that verse, if you like, what he's trying to paint in, in legal language is this. He's painting what Jesus' death on the cross for our sin, what it did for us. It's a verse of how God acts towards us. When we believe in faith that Jesus died on our cross, on the cross for us, for our sin, it says we are justified before him. It's a legal word. It means kind of like to be declared whatever we've done, not guilty. And that word justified, the way I always like to think of it is this, just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. That that's how God sees each one of us. It's a very strong message that needs to be drawn on our canvas that says that our guilt has been declared not guilty. And we experience the peace of God as a result. You know, 
this knowing this peace with God, it's so special. Foundational to, to everything because peace is precious. And so we've made these two, if you like, these two bold brushstrokes. Talking about Jesus' peace, talking about peace with God. But now if we kind of get a different type of paintbrush out, and if we wanted to mix some color in now, if we wanted to mix some color into these two bold brushstrokes, we're then called out. We're called out to be the church who go around in our lives painting this beautiful picture of peace. And so if we were to take lots of other New Testament passages and if we were to combine them together, where do we start? Where do we start? Well, this is where I would start. I'd go to one of the Beatitudes where Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And then what I'd do is I'd start to look at, and you've got all the references on the handout, so I'm not going to go through them. But I'd be making these almost like repeated brushstrokes, similar brushstrokes, because I find that there's a similar message to all these fledging churches, whether in Rome, whether in Corinth, whether in Ephesus, which completely says over and over again, live at peace with everyone. You know, anyone would have thought that that must be a hard thing to do, mustn't it? And we find these repeated references, whether in Rome, whether in Corinth, whether in Ephesus. Later, Paul would say to the church at Colossae, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So if we were going to sum it up, if you like, what does this picture of peace look for for us? That what we're to do is we're to be this kind of people who make every effort... If you like, go that extra mile, however difficult that person might be, to be people of peace. That's why a church which is like that and demonstrates that action is so infectious to other people because they would just be the opposite of what most people would do because peace is precious. And here's how it happens. It only happens through one thing. It only happens through heart change. It only happens through our letting our hearts be changed by Jesus' peace. It only happens through, if you like, the balm of Jesus' peace, healing, you know, our scars that we have of worry, of anxiety, of fear and stress. So that all that pours out then is Jesus' peace. And we do it from our scars because otherwise if we do it from our wounds, something else just bleeds out instead. Worry, stress, anxiety, fear. Heart change. And so here are three, if you like, practical helps that we can take with us today to live that out, whether at home, whether it's at school, whether it's at work, whether it's with your friends, whether it's with someone who you might find difficult that you're you're surrounded with by... And they each come from this, from this prayer that I gave out. And it's on the back of the handout as well. So if you didn't pick up one of these prayers maybe a few weeks ago, there's a few on the table. You might want to take it with you if you don't want to take the handout with you. And I just find, just pray this prayer every day. And you'll start to see some change. But here's 
three practical helps. And it just, it's just by splitting the prayer up. You'll see the prayer is almost split into three sections anywhere. The first bit is, Heavenly Father, I pray this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. You know, heart change is a work of God. It just occurs from the frequency we spend time in God's presence, praying for his peace, allowing him to paint through us. It was Corrie Ten Boom who it was said saved the lives of at least 800 Jews and other refugees in a very scary time in our world and who survived a concentration camp herself who wrote that the blacker the night around us grew, the brighter and truer and more beautiful burned the word of God. If we look at the world, we'll be distressed. If we look within, we'll be depressed. But if we look at Christ, we will be at rest. And what we concentrate on depends, determines, if you like, our level of peace. It's about taking time each day to come into our Father's presence and let him paint that picture of peace through you. Here's the second. Lord Jesus, I pray this day I may take up my cross and follow you. You know, heart change, both from the moment we encounter Jesus to this continual transformation, only begins through, through this act of saying, your will, not my will, in my life. It only begins through knowing peace with God and then letting that peace flow through our lives. And then thirdly, Holy Spirit, I pray this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. It only happens through keeping in step with the Spirit, making sure all through the day, my practicing those different segments of the fruit, letting him water our lives, letting him feed us, and letting not only his peace ripen in our lives, but also his love and his joy and his patience and his kindness and his goodness and his faithfulness and his gentleness and his self-control. In Jesus' name, amen.